Welcome to the Bumblecast. I'm your host, Ian Flynn, the Bumble King, and joining me as my Bumble co-host this time is the one and only Professor Rye. Hello again. I'm still here. I never left. I've just been sitting here for two days. <laughs> your commitment to the show is commendable, sir. Thank you. Thank you. It's all I have. <laughs> well, we do have these questions from our patrons over at patreon.com slash bumblecast, ko-fi.com slash bumblecast, and our YouTube members. We certainly do. Should I read them? Yes, please do. All right. Well, then our first question here comes from Invade Turbo Turnus. I know you probably can't discuss this now since the show hasn't ended yet, but what's with the ancient statues from Frontiers doing in Prime? Is it just a fun little Easter egg or is there more to it since Prime is canon to the games? Again, I know you can't discuss this as of yet, but it wouldn't hurt to ask. Stay awesome, you two. Thank you so much. Uh, It's an Easter egg. Let's just leave it at that. All right. Leave it right there on the floor. Okay, our next question comes from Jake Tylenol. Is Shadow Sonic's actual Shadow? Now, this question ran a little bit longer, but we had to trim it down because it more or less devolved into a fan idea. Hmm. Um, it's We have had questions in the past that try to connect the dots between various bits of canon and lore and draw a conclusion. And that's fine, but that... Re- requires you to focus on only the dots we are given when you start introducing dots when you make up things and say well is it plausible then it really gets kind of sketchy and it puts me in an awkward position just because there is the possibility of something does not make it a viable point of discussion in terms of lore necessarily Hmm. like for an example uh, when Maria launched Shadow in the capsule to escape the Ark 50 years ago, presumably he landed on Earth and was later recovered by gun. That much we can extrapolate. But to say, what if he landed in Shamar and met somebody and thus inspired this rug making technique? Or he landed in Spagonia and met a very young Professor Pickle and that inspired him to research the Gaia manuscripts. That is. Those are fan ideas. That is pure conjecture. That is making up plot points based off of a very broad assumption from what has been established or what could be extrapolated upon. So to get to the point of your question, Jake, I don't believe there is a direct connection between Sonic and Shadow. Now, there is the theory going around that because Gerald was such a archaeologist and seemed to dabble in every little thing when it came to plot points in the modern era, which I find a little tiresome, but maybe just me. There is some speculation and okay. And in addition to the master Emerald shrine being recreated within the core of the arc, there was speculation that he managed to get into hidden palace somehow and saw the prophetic tapestry mural mosaic, whatever it was, of supersonic fighting Eggman in Doomsday Zone and got the inspiration from that. That's a degree of connecting dots that I can kind of get behind because there are, again, dots that have been established that you can connect, but that isn't official as far as I know. So I can't say one way or the other, but I, and even if that were the fact, Shadow being based on Sonic is really tangential at best. So in the end, no, I don't think Shadow is supposed to be directly inspired by Sonic in canon. They just look exactly alike. According to Amy. Yeah, just one to one. 
aside from the different clothing and different colors and different spine shapes and uh, this is no place skin for tones and just the same guy next question comes from levy c if tails tube was instead titled knuckles tube how different would the show be with the red echidna as the host <laughs> first episode is just him trying to figure out how to set up all the av cables yeah I was gonna say, it's just it's just technical failures yeah <laughs> He turns. He turns on the cat filter. He can't turn it off. I mean, Knuckles really isn't the type of guy to host a show. I mean, he's not that gregarious. So I, I cannot logic my way around a Knuckles tube. Well, all right then. Uh, let's see here. Uh, our next question will come from Liam B. I'm not sure that I think it was Roger Ebert who said the common trait of all children's media that achieves the status of art is that it appeals not only to kids or people who have them, but to anybody who ever was one. As the brain behind a cartoon that is art, do you agree with this? I agree to a degree. Um, The thing, the crux of it is like this part here, all children's media that achieves the status of art rankles me because that defines art as a limitation that you know something that is not true art does not reach a broader audience art is art whether it's good or not is subjective whether it's effective or not is subjective you know whether it's mass-produced mercantile schlock or extremely avant-garde indulgent schlock it's art Art is art and trying to validate or value it, I feel like defeats the very purpose of art, which is to express something somehow. Maybe that's just me, but that is my stance on it. And I also feel that while there is some excellent children's and all ages media that does reach well beyond its target demographic there is nothing wrong with programming that doesn't you know media that is designed for children that only appeals to children is perfectly valid not everything has to be for everyone because then it just becomes monotonous or it's all safe or it's all preachy homogenized looks the same yes like let there be kid stuff for kids and let there be adult stuff for adults. Yeah. You know, the kids don't necessarily have to have access to the adult stuff. Let the adults have something to themselves. And likewise, the adults don't need to dabble in the kids stuff. It's not for you. You don't have to apply your passing understanding of various tropes to Muppet Babies. <laughs> which is a dated reference, I know, at this point. But still. It's the perfect one. Like Sonic is kind of unique in that he does have this massive, broad appeal and a staggering degree of uh, fan loyalty. There is something about him that just appeals to a much larger audience than the teen boy demographic. But Sonic is very special in that regard. So I don't feel like it is best to compare the aberration that Sonic is in so many ways to children's media on a whole. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a good point is, you know, not everything has to be for you. Yeah. There's just some stuff in life that just won't be for you. And that's fine. There's plenty of other stuff. And I and there's a danger with that line of thinking because it can very quickly become 
very gatekeepy. Yeah, yeah, sure. Very exclusionary. And I mm-hmm. don't mean it in that way. Like, yeah, everyone should be welcome to pursue. Of course. Different media. Yeah. But just because it doesn't conform to your tastes or ambitions or desires does not mean that the media itself is flawed or failing. Right. It just means it's not your cup of tea. Yeah. It it doesn't need to change necessarily. And you are not necessarily wrong. It just means that you should go somewhere else. And that's okay. Yeah, it's it's a fine line but between like that and seeming like you're a gate or gatekeeping or, or something. Right. It any critique should be explored and extrapolated upon and not just yeah. hand waved as, oh, it's kids' media, therefore blah blah blah. Right. Each thing should be considered in its own essence. Yeah. I think that's very well said. All right. Next question from is from Miles the Prower. Hypothetical time. Scourge babysits cream. What shenanigans happen? How long does it take for him to teach her how to swear? And how many of his bones does Bavino break? <laughs> well, in this oddball scenario where Vanilla would even remotely trust Scourge alone with her child, I see him just kind of like casing the joint, seeing if there's anything to steal. And cream and cheese are kind of watching and saying, no, Mr. Scourge, that, that's Mama's jewelry box. Put it back, please. He's just borrowing it. Mm-hmm. No, Mr. Scourge, please don't drink directly out of the milk carton that spreads germs. Please use a glass. That no, Mr. Scourge, please put the, it on the coaster. She ends up babysitting Scourge more than anything. Oh, gee. He's going to leave the ring. Eventually, Scourge is going to get tired of this child telling him what to do, and he's going to get up all in her business, and that's when, you know, you hear the battle cry of, geez, get him. And the house becomes a wreck because it's a running battle between the two of them. She's wins, of course. Well, yeah. And that's when Vanilla comes home to find the house wrecked, and then she breaks all of Scourge's bones. She banes him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just you know, toss him outside where he belongs. Next question comes from Miles Prower Davis. So I recently heard you mention Sonic OVA, and I saw it was on YouTube, meaning to watch it for, the, for some time, and I gotta say, I was impressed. Like, it's a good animated movie. Some others come to mind... Uh, Transformers, G.I. Joe, Studio Ghibli, and Akira. The start with metal is awesome, and the metal Robotnik fight, and the synthwave music. What's your thoughts? I would love to see this re-released in cinemas. If you could put in a word with Sega for the 30th anniversary. (laughs) Um, I believe any option for that has long since passed, but... Yeah, the OVA has aged surprisingly well. And I say that understanding my own bias, to be sure, but there is some fun to be had there, and I I can't remember. I know Kyle and I did a Bumble commentary on it. I don't know. If, I don't know if we ever actually released it. Hmm. Check the Bandcamp page. Maybe it's there. And if so, you know, watch the movie again with us talking over it for your Look own. Look out for the cobwebs. Yeah. If it were to be re-released, you know, I would like them to do whatever it is they do to give it a nice, you know, high res, up res, make yeah, it a little shiny, yeah. a little cleaner. Uh, I would like it redubbed. No offense to the team at the time, but. Everybody sounds like this on Sonic's side, and it annoys me. And there's one read from Knuckles that drives me up the wall every single time. Which one? Uh, it's in episode two when Sonic and Metal Sonic are first fighting in the Land of Darkness, and they knock down some giant stalactite, and it comes crashing down on Eggman Land. And the line is, Eggman did say he wanted to destroy the Land of the Sky, didn't he? 
And it's supposed to be ironic because he's his creation is destroying his own base. It should be read as Eggman did say he wanted to destroy the land of the sky, didn't he? Har har. But the way it's read, it sounds like an epiphany. He says, like, he did say he wanted to destroy the land of the sky, didn't he? It's like, no, that is wrong. Fix it. Fix it. Fix it. Fix it. Fix it. Fix it. They should make it worse. No. No, no, no. Better. Except He's Old Man Owl. All these were dead on. Those were perfect. Well, I mean, he is perfect. In every single way. You've seen him in that drip. Oh, yeah. He looks he good. Spider. I love you, Old Man Owl. Alrighty. Our next question comes from My Fish Eats Rocks. Is Shadow Cream's long lost father? They do have similar stripes on their forehead. Would this make Cream the ultimate life form junior? I know this is definitely not the case, but imagine who Cream's grandfather is. Uh, here's the thing. Shadow was locked away in a capsule for 50 years. So unless Vanilla is way older than we ever thought and had Cream gestating for like 40 odd years, the timeline just don't line up. You could maybe make an argument that after Maria shot him off of the Ark into safety, he had some time before Gunn caught up with him and that the lineage continues on to Cream. <laughs> but uh, I think it's a little more obvious. You need, you need to look at someone else that also has that kind of triangular pattern on the top of their head. Someone who isn't around all that much, but is a the epitome of male virility. Someone who likes it simple, likes it quiet, likes to fish. You see where I'm going with this? I hear you, and I agree. And look, look at the spiky hair on the back of his head. Look at the little spikes on the back of Cream's head. Who else runs around with a stalwart companion? Hmm? Apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. Now you see it, people. Now you know. I, 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 I choose to believe that every now and then, Gun just let Shadow out for walks, you know? He's got to stretch his <laughs> legs. He's going to cramp up in that capsule. Be sure to come back before bedtime. All right. Our next question will come from Noni. In Sonic Lost World, Eggman boasted that he'd get fat after eating Zavok's black heart. So my question is, how many calories does a Zeddy's heart have? Are we talking something more along the lines of a chocolate bar, or is this like a deep-fried Twinkie level? Oh, probably two or three deep-fried Twinkies. I mean, these guys live for hundreds, if not thousands, of years. They've got to have a crazy metabolism. Yeah. And they're able to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Sonic, conceivably, without any kind of additional power-ups. So. They're they're hardy individuals. That that takes some serious pump action. And you've seen what Zamam eats just to survive that level of caloric intake. Yeah, they're, you could probably feed a village with one of those. They're just full of nutrients. Mm-hmm. You can get a lot of use out of a Zeti. Mm-hmm. Food, I assume leather. Yeah. I mean, a, as a very... we said on a preview show, I think they look like they've got the same texture as one of those red Boyt dodgeballs. They do, but the interesting thing is, um, the the master, uh, I forget his name because it escapes me, uh, his clothes have the same texture as, as his skin. So either he has flesh clothes, Zick, thank you, he either has flesh clothes or he's wearing another Zeddy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know, where and, do all the other Zeddy go? I mean, they're vicious individuals. You can't really discount that. Clothes. They just hunted each other into extinction. That's fine. It happens. All right. Our next question comes from Niles or Nils. People getting mad at me. Uh, if you could create a brand new Sonic cartoon slash show with no limitations whatsoever, story, setting, or character-wise, what story would you like to tell? What visual style would you be aiming for? And what would the pilot episode to hook as many people uh, as possible? One of two ways. Number one, and most reasonable, 
I want us to do more stuff like the Knuckles solo episode. Like, just adventures in the modern Sonic world like that. So, basically animated IDW when you get down to it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we'd go so far as to, like, faithfully adapt the IDW stuff. I th- that stuff is built for comics, first and foremost. Yeah. I don't know how well it would translate to animation, but just stuff like that. No crazy gimmicks, no extra hooks, no... no audience surrogate characters just let the sonic characters go on fun adventures with a glorious animation team like just imagine more of the knuckle short is that really a bad thing no 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 i defy you to say that it is oh my god i love that so much um and what would the pilot be honestly it would be very very close to sonic x episode one aside from showing up on human earth by you good uh i said you because humans yeah, yeah, yeah like the beginning of sonic x is so freaking hype like sonic running into an egg base fighting giant robots moving at high speed his friends coming in and doing cool things to help on the side or even the finale to season two when everybody's fighting against eggman thinking that they've lost sonic and it's just them being cool in their own world more of that just give me straight in my veins cool sonic action with a decent animation budget and i'm good you know know, anything like uh the adventure games or uh the storybook games something with a solid concise narrative to it and that's a season like you could it would take some finagling and I don't think Sonic X did it particularly well, but you could turn Sonic Adventure into a season of animation with some finagling. Yeah. Sonic Adventure 2 even more easily so. So just do that. Take the Sonic cast, give them an adventure, and don't complicate it. Just let them be cool because they are cool. That is what makes them so... There's a reason we're here 30 years later. They're just freaking cool. Yeah. Alternatively do another spinoff that is completely self-contained from the get-go that focuses on that cool factor that focuses on the big action pieces the kinetic movement the razzle dazzle and these bigger than life characters doing bigger than life stuff Mm -hmm. give it to somebody like studio trigger that excels in just the balls to the wall insanity type of action and give the characters something akin to like the Sonic battle, really angular, almost visceral style to really lean into the actions and the angles and the just fre- frenetic energy that they can do. And you know, still have a decent enough plot to string things together, but lean into the wow factor. Just let it be candy for the brain. Yeah. Just and turn so, it into a battle show. Yeah. And, and, when I say make it its own thing, give it room for some reinterpretations of the characters to explore character dynamics in ways that aren't already set in modern and do different things with them, you know? Yeah. Something that isn't yeah, a holding. Cause I think part of what kneecapped Sonic boom so bad, more so in the games than the TV show is the adherence to a lot of the characterization from modern boom didn't really get a chance to be its own lore and its own universe 
like the show leaned into the comedy side of things and let the characters have more fun and excelled there to be sure. Yeah. But when they tried to do more game stuff, it was still very much no, no, no. You have to be recognizable next to modern to some degree with metal Sonic being the most egregious example of that. So, you know, that's why I say it's own thing. Just make it a different brand of Sonic and go nuts with it. I mean, yeah, if you got no restrictions, just, just you know, just go all out. Uh, but uh, one question, would you voice Dr. Starlin? <laughs> if they would have me, of course. And they would. Next question comes from Pedanticat. Uh-oh, the Predators have arrived on Sonic Earth, or just Earth, with them seeking to hunt down the most fearsome prey in the galaxy. Big. How poorly do things go for the Predators? <laughs> oh, it's a slaughter. I mean, the first one gets overconfident and just kind of tries to knife him in the gut, but you can't pierce that iron skin. Yeah. It just kind of repels him back. And they slowly grow wise to the idea of they really need to use some tactics on this guy, except their weapons fail. He finds them, even despite their camo, you know, casts his line, draws them out of a tree. You see something flailing in the water until it stops moving. Only the lead hunter really causes a problem. Yeah. That's when Big kind of looks down and says, Don't worry, Froggy. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Kill it. <laughs> I'm just picturing, like, the Predator looking for him, and slowly behind him, Big rises out of the mud. <laughs> and it's just over. Like, he's got the big log trap set up. Yeah. He's trying to bait him into it. Come on! I'm here! Kill me! Come on! <laughs> Sonic comes to visit and there's just a line of these weird skulls and spines lined up in that little open air bungalow he has. There's a lot of glowy blood around here. Do you know anything about it? Sure. You gonna tell me about it? No. No. Not important. Just another day for Big. Alrighty, and our last question before our break comes from Professor Scruffy Matt. Back in Sonic Universe 15, Sonic and his friends teamed up with the Destructix to break the Raiju clan away from the Iron Dominion and Lightning Lynx away from the Raiju. At the time, Sergeant Simeon said, he is our comrade. We know he is being used. My question is, did the Destructix honestly believe the Raiju clan were just using Lightning, or did they only say that to get Sonic on their side? For all their talk about being Lightning's friend, they didn't hesitate to have him shamed, humiliated, and heartbroken just to get him back on their team. I know that they're all bad people. I'm just curious if they put their own happiness over lightnings or if that was really just their twisted idea of friendship. The latter. Anybody who was working with lightning for good or for ill would be wrong in their eyes. Once you're a Destructix, you are always a Destructix. You belong with us nowhere else. This is your proper place. And they would feed into all the sketchy negative reinforcement to get lightning to stay with them you're in for life yeah it it was meant to be somewhat endearing that they had this bond but also kind of oh this is not a good type of bond this is no good Mm -mm. all right then i think it's time for a quick break don't you think i think so and we will be back with more questions here on the bumblecast oh no And we're back. This question comes from Rocco Damiano. Will Amy and Metal Sonic get a 30th anniversary like Tails did? 
I cannot confirm or deny the unannounced projects that may or may not be potentially in the works by any publisher that may or may not exist. So not quite a knowing smile? See, everybody knows what knowing smile means nowadays, so I can't use it like that anymore. It's been ruined. You have to find something new. Our next question then comes from uh, Sammy. What is Eggman's preference? Steamed Flicky, Roasted Porky, or Fried Clucky? Well, there, there was that one bit of official art where you had that box just piled high with delicious-looking fried chicken. So I'm assuming Fried Clucky. What, what would your shoes be? Mm, I really need to lay off the fly cl- Fried Clucky myself. But, you know, a nice lean roast por- uh It's not a Porky. That, that's a Warner Brothers character. Still eatable. Yeah, no, wait. Now it's bug Dugney. It's Pocky, Rocky, Picky. There we go. It's roast Picky. All right, Picky. It would be good. Although, honestly, they're a pain to cook, but a nicely roasted or even broiled Pocky is good as well. They're hard to cook, but if you can get a good one, they're tasty. Mm-mm. Steam Flicky. You call Next. it Steam Flicky when it's clearly grilled. Yes. It's a regional dialect. In what region? Uh, uh, West Side Island. Really? Because uh, I'm from Emerald Hill, and we never called it that. Oh, no, not in Emerald Hill. No, it was uh, it's a Green Hill expression. Ah, Green Hill. Thank you. Thank you. We did it, people. Kidoki. Well, our next question comes from Scourge Dime. It's April, so that means it's time for Easter. We know what the Moabians did on Christmas, but how will they celebrate Easter? What will Scourge, the Suppressing Squad, and of course, Buns, do in this time of year? Well, <laughs> see, the fun thing to do in Easter is someone hides the eggs around the yard, and you find the eggs for a treat. So the inverse of that is Scourge and the Suppression Squad hide eggs all over the world, and it is up to Buns to desperately find them all in time before they detonate. Oh no. I would have just said rotten ones. Okay, next question comes from Scurvy Pirate Hog. Dr. Starline has fallen into one of his own warped topaz portals, and he's now in New York City, standing in front of the Chaos Council. How does he feel about all these different Eggmen? Initially, he's just so excited, because here you have five incarnations of Eggman, all from different eras of his life, so many different perspectives, and they're on one council. Obviously, they will be able to compare their genius takes and their different perspectives and arrive at the most perfect conclusion. Except, even though we're only like a third of the way through Sonic Prime, I think it's pretty clear that they do not function very well as any kind of governing body, let alone any kind of group. And so they would devolve into their, you know, bickering, which is basically Eggman's egotism times five. And Starline just very impatiently looks for the next way to isekai himself into the next reality. Uh, you'll need a truck then our next question comes from Sonic 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 I know Sonic isn't willing to lock up Eggman but he is willing to leave Witchcart trapped in her crystal seems to hand Rouge and Tumble over to the police in issue 3 and force the Zeddies back to Lox Hex while making sure they can't use Tails Rocket to come back essentially trapping them there this got me thinking how far does Sonic's letting villains go thing stretch? Is he okay with the villains to be locked up if it's not him doing it? Is he okay with trapping them in places isolated from the rest of the world, but not prisons? What situations are okay and what are not? I mean, in Lost Hex's case, it's their native land, and it's a whole floating planetoid 
it's not like they're under house arrest. They have a massive bit of real estate that is their own by right. He's just sending them home. That's not really a, the same thing, but I get what you're going for with this. And He's putting them in house arrest. If your house is like all of Nevada, actually, what is the land? What is the square acreage of lost tax? I don't know. Anyway, that's not the point of the question. Uh, and the point of the question is, it seems to vary on the severity of the crimes being committed and the situation. All right. I think Sonic doesn't live by rules. That's just his thing. I'll leave it up to someone else. This question comes from Stephen A. Can you guys discuss your favorite Tick episodes, if you have any? This might this might just be a, a chance to give Kyle an excuse to watch it. Uh, I would guess Kyle loves the episode with Dinosaur Neil and his giant fingers that can't open a child's safety cap for some delicious life-saving aspirin. Or Ian possibly loving the evil Midnight Bomber, what bombs at midnight. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby, yeah. <laughs> From the episode where the Tick fights Barry Hubris, who is also the Tick. I didn't know his name was Barry Hubris. <laughs> Uh, it's been so long since I've seen The Tick. You watched it, yeah? I I personally have not, no. Oh my goodness. It was it was a very special show. Um uh, and the comic is just as dry and hilarious as well, so that's worth checking out. Never did see the live action version, but anyway, uh, I can't remember specific episodes. I just remember like individual moments, like the human bullet who, whenever danger calls, runs to his gigantic artillery cannon in the backyard. Fire me, boy! <laughs> or the one that I remember my dad just about passing out, he was laughing so hard, is a criminal disguises himself as a mall Santa and gets duplication powers through some shenanigans. And he can make copies of himself by being exposed to electricity. So he hooks himself up to the hydroelectric dam to make an army of himself. And the tick is coming down this uh, water runoff sluice. And in the distance, he just hears ho, 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 ho. And this entire tidal wave of Santas falling over each other is coming at him like an avalanche. And he goes, Egad, it's a Yule Tide. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> um, the, the Dinosaur Neil episode, as was mentioned. And the scientist trying to bring him back to his humanity with a giant pair of trousers. <laughs> He's just sitting there anxiously watching the monitor going, bring him to his pants, bring him to his pants. And something goes wrong and they, you know, go up in flames. Fire! Fire! The pants are on fire! No, liar! Liar! The pants are on fire! Um, The very nonchalant reporters being named Sally Vacuum and Ryan Pinhead. They don't even call attention to it. It's just, ah, oh, it's funny. It just works. Um, we could go on forever and ever. It's stuff like Chairface Chippendale, a very suave and sophisticated gangster who has a chair for a head. That's and you, you just play it straight. I freaking love it. It's the whole thing is just a love letter to comic superhero comic book nonsense and doesn't take itself too seriously just serious enough to get you invested yeah but never so serious that it forgets that it's a lampoon ah it's just good it's good stuff i got chat mentioning it's like a proto venture brothers in a lot of ways yeah i could see it being an inspiration you know yeah sorry tick but we already have enough superheroing lamps 
half of them don't even work. We turn on deflator mouses, he, un- he disconnects his phone and disappears for two weeks. <laughs> I mean, I, I do remember it being on when I was a boy. That's about it. Also, what? opening theme song. Slaps. Excellent. Something to look at then. Our next question comes from Sun. March 24th marked the last day we'll see Ash Ketchum as the main protagonist of the Pokemon anime after over 25 years. He's had quite a decorated career, made many friends, captured nearly 80 Pokemon, and he became the first ever champion of the Alola region and is now the strongest Pokemon trainer in the world. His last episode airs March 24th, and he'll be succeeded by Rico and Roy on April 14th. What are your favorite memories of Ash, if any? How do you feel about him finally retiring? What are your hopes or expectations of Rico and Rory? For me, it's a bittersweet but necessary loss, and I can only hope that Rico will touch us all in the same way that Ash has over the, all these years. I will give him this. The boy can take a hit. Like The number of times he has been electrocuted, flambéed, bludgeoned, turned to lead, whatever it was that Mew and Mewtwo did to him, he he's taken hurting, and he just kept on trucking. So tip of the iconic hat to him. Kid's a tank. But honestly, he was not what I was watching the show for. Like, out of the original group, Brock was the one I was always rooting for. Because Brock was funny. Brock was the most capable, what with his culinary skills at crafting all those jelly-filled donuts. The jelly-filled are his favorite. Uh-huh. And, you know, being someone that's practical, being a Pokemon breeder looking out for Pokemon and how to heal them and whatnot, it's... And he just he just looked suave. Like he looked like the cool older brother guy. Yeah. Just, Brock was cool. And just all cool to it. And Jesse and James, really. Like, they have clearly had an incredible influence on my life. Look at Rough and Tumble for pity's sake. Like, they are just as iconic as Ash is, I would argue. Oh yeah. I mean they they I believe they retired like right next to light right alongside him. So it'll be are they gonna be in the next one? Uh, I don't know. I think it's a. I think it's a completely clean slate. Probably that would make the most sense, and yeah, I would miss would... them more than Ash. If I'm going to be perfectly honest, nothing against Ash. He's a good kid, good heart, tries hard. Only 80 Pokemon in 25 years, please. But besides that, yeah, well, it's okay. They told us what a Pokemon master is now. <laughs> so, uh, what about Meowth? Be... Now it's I can't really say much. I fell off around the Orange Islands arc, right? And you know Brock left, and they got Tracy in, and it's just like, uh, you know, they're going to a new region, but this is more of the same. I've seen this, yeah. And you know, by that point, reasonably, I was aging out of Pokemon anyway. So I've dabbled with it here and there. You know, watched a little bit as right. it co- comes up, but it's not really my thing anymore it will be interesting to see what they do with the new stuff if they stick to the old formula just with some new characters or if they do try to really shake it up it will be interesting too to see what the mascot pokemon is too because as big of a character as ash was pikachu was there with him the entire time yeah pikachu is the face yeah of pokemon and i'm guessing that rico and roy don't have one um there is a pikachu there is a Pikachu. Oh, okay, but, he, okay. but he wears a hat. I believe okay. he's Captain Pikachu. Interesting. All right. Well, yeah, it makes enough sense. Like, if they didn't do a Pikachu, I'd be very impressed. But no. I don't know. We'll see where it goes. You need and, that Pikachu. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine a Pokemon show without one. It seemed like they were doing some 
some interesting new stuff for the last couple uh series so i i would hope that's a good you know indication of things to come but uh i guess time will tell if you can do if you can, you can do two g gundam references in uh the alola region then you know doors wide open really oh yeah do you know them off the top of your head uh one was brock and one of the um island captains do the final move that rain and domon do at the series finale Wow. And then Team Rocket builds a mecha that's basically just the Dark Gundam. Wow. Like the head with the legs and the Gundam body yeah, yeah, on yeah, the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just straight wow. up. It's amazing. That's great. Brock screaming shining finger is something I didn't know I needed in my life. Love, love Tiki High Koken. I will always welcome G Gundam references. But what's not a G Gundam reference is this next question. From The Biggest Bird. And a question about whether Sonic lives in a world parallel to the other Sega IPs slash universes. Aitado Toyota uh, said, I like your consideration because I think that world can accept everything. So can we take this different worldview in worlds as existing alongside Sonic's world? Maybe. I mean, I'm not one to second guess Toyota-san, but I also wouldn't say that's necessarily an official word on things. But it kind of aligns with what I would want myself in that, you know, the Sega, the greater Sega IP multiverse is welcome to all. Like there are other that Sonic could conceivably visit all the other aspects of Sega at some point in some way through multiversal shenanigans. So sure. Why not? Whether Streets of Rage Earth exists in a, another solar system or it's its own reality. I don't know. It doesn't really matter when you get down to it. But sure, I like the idea of they all exist in one collective toy box somehow, somewhere. It's comforting that they're out there somewhere. Right, our next question comes from Thievius. This question comes from Junebug in the Bumblecast Discord, and thankfully they allowed me to ask it for them as they couldn't this time around. In the Sonic the Hedgehog comics, there's a group of anthropomorphic bees called the Chaotix. Do they have a queen bee? And if so, does she have any political power or influence over the other bees in the Sonic universe? I don't remember that being in any comics. Like, is this a Sonic the Comic thing that I don't know about? Because it wasn't in Archie. I, I don't know. It's uh, just says in the Sonic the Hedgehog comics. Maybe it's a manga thing that's that I don't know about. Uh, I'm getting a possible explanation. Uh, it This question may have been AI-generated. Ah, well, if it's AI-generated, then it's trash. Because Answer AI, is a th- AI is a threat to all that is good and holy in the universe. Please, discuss the Queen Bee. I, I mean, no, 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 no. We're just going to lay down <laughs> some facts here. The Chaotix are a detective agency with Vector and Espio and Charmy. Charmy is a bee. He does not follow any actual biological rules about bees. And conceivably, there are other bees in Sonic's universe, possibly with a queen. Who knows? Well, see, I was going to be about this and be like, oh, maybe they just got their wires crossed or misread a wiki. But if this is AI, no, nah, I ain't going to be nice. That's not a person. It's not a person. It's not even real. I wanted to gain sentience just so I can make it feel bad. Well, no, if it gains sentience, it can learn. Too late. And for our last question, it, it comes from True Cosmic Digilabs. Hey guys, this go to my new pirate king rival for Blaze question. He or she are flesh and blood, but they have found a set of jewels that equal to the Saul Emeralds, along with a jewel staff counterpart. 
What do you think happened when Blaze and her rival will clash? Note, not fan idea. Okay, this has been heavily edited by Kyle, and it is still a textbook example of a fan idea. You have created a character, you have established their role with one of the principal cast, you have set a plot line for them, and introduced more unique elements to the world, even if they are a derivative of the Soul Emerald and Jeweled Scepter. This is a fan idea point for point, and this needs to stop. Not just you, True Cosmic. I mean, in general, we're getting a lot of these questions lately trying to say, oh, does this count? Or I think I figured out a way around it, and ha it is not a fan idea. No, it puts me in an awkward position, and I'm really tired of explaining it after all these years. So we may have to start issuing refunds if this continues. Please do not submit fan ideas. I explained why, and I'm done with it. Again, not to throw you under the bus, True Cosmic. You just happen to be here at the very end, and I'm just, I ain't going to do it anymore. All right. Well said. But I am officially. Oh, my. It's time to give a big thank you to all our patrons over at patreon.com slash bumblecast, ko-fi.com slash bumblecast, and our YouTube members. Let's hear them. Big thank you to Daniel H., Jennifer R., James K., John B., Robotnik Home, Sam Cybercat, Samuel P., Torchbound, Mike B., Andrew D., Dave M., Salute Your Cat, J. Frost, Coupling, Crew 128, Noni, Duas, Hero of Light 13, Professor Scruffy Matt, Chris A., Sony, Triforce Riku, John M., Sonic, 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 Scurvy Pirate Hog, Jib, Ben Wolfsbane, Lisa M., Lee HK, Invade Turbo Tunis, Arc Fighter, Chevelle, Stardust Spectre, Axis, Twilord, Xandarone the Painter, Z Broadcast, Chaos Sonic One, Starlight Sec, Tick Tick, Jonathan D, The Disgain, Ink Things, Jolene B, The Name is X, Cameron H, Solaris Stain, Nemec, Godzilla, Nondal, Ava, Ava, Arctic Dove, Just a Mountain Soul, Justin S, Nova Poly Duo, Dadler the Dalek, Alex GS, Joshua S, Sonic Legacy, Jennifer H, Pedanti Cat, Les, Red the Supernamic, Alphamon, or you can Chad, Omega Watt, Jack the Animator, Wildcard 717, Mancher, Red, Jay the Redneck of the Stars and Tails, Angela V, Derusival, Nebius, Genzel, Preston M, Indabin, Sammy S, Noah M, Miguel G, Kajiro Highwind, Awesome Caster, Supersonic Fan, Miles the Prower, Navari, Exodel, Agent Kaz, Radri, Sonic 84, Puppy the Scholar, Chase Else, Four Sonic Fan, Tetsuya the Wise, Rhythm Raccoon, Domino AU, Wheelie Doe, Sandra BH, Pig Dan 20, The Marble Gardener, Aiden S, Oz Jam, Shimmy M, Curly Quills, Smiley 21, Inzever, Sterling Sonic, Philip is Cold, Congo, Wind Skull, Supernova, Superior Pizza, Sonic Padge, The Thievius, Subliminal, Gino the Puppet, Miggy Sawdust, Planet Breezy, Thick Off Crooker, Vlad, E200, Paragon, Razor, The Crucified Devil, Loop de Loop, Omega Man 21, Dominic the Raccoon, Lemur Chicken, Hannah W, Venus, Bleeding Thumbs 97, Luke R, Unity, Kid. Kedrian, Lori L, Jason G, Cody G, Michael P, Nils, Illegal Shell Fights, Zalok, Miss Nazumi, SB, My Fish Eats Rocks, The ID Card, Philip C, Jonathan F, Hip Kid Brick, Levi C, Amazing, Samoth S, Ed Air, OK Cheese Stick, Adrian W, Nebula Noob, Lacey M, Lucky Lychee, Spiral, Knuckle Sandwich 87, Tetsu Knife, Raccoon Shinobi, Normal Person, Marcy H, Caswell, Seator Pajaro Assassinato, El Pajaro Gigante, Queen Assassina, Jalel C, Mor- Morless, Picklypack, Imbluet, Native Nerd 27, Miles Full Prower, Cool Christy 1, Ultra Guy, Krabo, Slato O2, Noob 600, Sonic Mania 2099, Hadrons, Paley, Ashter, Tenderheart, Fawn, Alejandro 333777, Liam B, Mr. M Turbo, 
Luce, Roko D, Sheen, Noah I, Emmy, Quazel J, Guts, Jihan S, Snowpear, Florian, The Man of Multimedia, Foofy93, Mr. Stippy, Call Me Ryan, All Peachy, Jamal S, two, Wheels 282, Hedgehog, Meta Mode, Frost the Hobbiton, Denny Light, Butter Noodles, Mile Pro, Miles Power D, El Technopata, True Sonic, Digilab 79, Razor, Sunbluster 16, Travis H, Debian, That Hedge, Rocco Damani, Scourge Time, and The Biggest Bird. That's 200 names. Over 200 names. Oh my. And That's still a growing. big number. It is a big number. Always growing, more powerful. Well, thank you, Professor Rye, for joining us yet again on the Bumblecast. You've done an excellent job, sir. You're very welcome. I'm sorry I ruined it. <laughs> be good to yourselves. Be good to each other. And we will see you next time on the Bumblecast. So long. Hey guys, what's going on in here? Wait a <laughs> minute. Hello, I'm back. We did it. I mean, I never left. I was I was here the whole time. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh-huh. the <laughs> whole time. Your Rye impression is amazing. It's almost like I'm talking to two people. Thank you. Thank I just you. came in just now. Wow, incredible. I could oh and oh by the way, Ian. Yeah, I've been able to join the stage at any point. Oh yeah, um, yeah. This, time. this was yeah. This was something that he brought up to me, and I'm like, oh really? I. I I could just enter. You could just go, yeah, you can just, <laughs> you can just, he cannot, you can just start the stage at any time. <laughs> I can just show up. Yeah. I can just Kool-Aid man right in. He can, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we held off. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> this I, is a I perfect opportunity. <laughs> I always appreciate Long Con and this this was just exquisitely executed. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you appreciated. I was a little worried you might be like, I don't know, because, you know, <laughs> things have been kind of blah lately, so I was worried to yeah. be like, yeah, you know, I come me. in. Oh, how you doing, Ian? Oh, I'm just mad. Everything's going wrong. <laughs> swap me with you. Swap me with Ryan. All of a sudden, everything has gone to shit even more. This show's just... <laughs> Even the oh, bumble ca- even the bumblecast is gone to sh- because oh, Kyle thought he could oh, be funny. No, no, no. Like <laughs> we, we start we started up and Rye said hello and it was like a deer in the headlights yeah. like that's not <laughs> Kyle, is it? <laughs> but I know that boy what in the it's April first. Oh my god. Resplendent. <laughs> Oh. Just that 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 five seconds of silence. I know it was <laughs> great. Completely worth it. It was that was a it was absolutely amazing. I am still recording. Don't worry. Okay, and then I goodness. thought you were going to tag back in. No, no, no. And then it's like, no, no. Rise here for the long haul. It's like, oh, that's even funnier. Yeah, no, sir. I am oh. here. And the funniest part is that this is coming out after April first. Yeah. That's yeah. what makes it even better. It's like, it's oh an yeah. Extra fool. It's just this whole week is gonna be all weird. <laughs> that's the point. See, this is the kind of April Fool's pun, uh, prank I like. Yeah. This is fun. <laughs> You've been sitting on this since August. <laughs> I'm ready for all these comments to be like, who is this? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm it's fine. I'm, I'm crying over here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this man. Oh God! <laughs> I mean, honestly, I mean, I like I, I kind of like the chill vibe that uh, you brought, right? He says names wrong. Well, I mean, so do I. <laughs> I bet he's stinky. 
I mean, oh, and you I might be too. right. Yeah, it's okay. It's a, it's something all of us Kai's and Rise have to deal with. It's okay, Kyle. I'm stinky too. Yes, yes. Be stinky with me. Let us stink uh, together. I was the shaken up duff can like this entire week. <laughs> <laughs> April. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh. You've been listening to The Bumblecast, a co-production of Bumble King Comics and the KNGI Network. Original theme music composed by Ken Coda Snyder, remixed intro version by T-Lopes. Find out more information, as well as the podcast feed links, MP3 downloads, and more at bumbleking.com and kngi.org. See, my, my, I like April Fool's jokes that are like, you know, they don't actually prevent anything from happening or they don't cause trouble or anything like, like this. We, you still did the show. Yeah, we still did the show. <laughs> yeah. I'm just some guy. It's just, yeah, we replaced me with somebody else. I'm just <laughs> some just, guy who wandered in. It's fine. And it's just somebody else. And it's just this random guy. <laughs> like, you see people. I'm seeing everyone tag us in in the chat. I keep thinking, wait, am I Professor Rye still? No. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you weren't Professor Rye even before this. You were... It's true. Bob I'm Ryle JCRB. I know, I know. <laughs> it's Professor okay, when... Kai. <laughs> yeah. You guys changed your names once I started the... Uh the names right i didn't yep, change I, my I, I, I didn't change my name till after the show actually started i changed okay. my but he changed when before names. when yeah he did when you were reading the name so i did a little later real stupid if it said Kyle <laughs> jcrb this whole time and i nope <laughs> nope no, exquisitely planned oh yeah, yeah. No. we we knew i i knew exactly when you are looking at things and not looking at things so we studied yeah. your patterns we made we made absolutely <laughs> certain that we made the swap when you would least expect it <laughs> really we were the predators and you were everyone who wasn't schwarzenegger <laughs> it's like oceans 11 but it's just two of you yeah <laughs> Yeah, Ian oh. had no idea. Ian did not know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is oh god. I'm I, I really we we from laughing. We totally we we totally kept him in the dark. Didn't we got tell him anything. Oh, and that's that's the best thing ever. That is oh yeah. bravo, guys. Let yeah. this bravo. be my legacy. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Rye, for being a better me than me. That's fine. <laughs> Invite me back anytime. <laughs> Foot's in the door now. Can't get it out. <laughs> All right. I wrestled you to the ground and I gained my place in the bumblecat. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I had all that time under your bed to study your moves. <laughs> the events were leading up to this moment the whole time. The event. You never should have played that one match of Splatoon with me years ago. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah, it was. Uh-huh. That's that. That is my origin story for the Bumblecast. <laughs>
a random game of Splatoon. <laughs> With Ian. With Ian, yes. Strange to my Batman. Fool, you expect you accepted my friend request. <laughs> you sealed your own fate. I chose Twice. the form of my destroyer. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the form of your destroyer, and my, my avatar just comes around the corner. Blinking. No, it's beautiful. Yeah, it is blinking Off, wrong. Out of out of time with each eye. Each eye is blinking. Uh, I enjoy asynchronous blinking, sue me. Yes, yes. Asynchronous blinking is very funny. It's amazing. <laughs> oh. Okay. This is wonderful. Yes, yes. It was fun. <laughs> thanks for yeah. thanks for just thanks for cru cruising along, Ian. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah just playing I, I along with it. Because I, I was worried. I was going to be like, oh, boy. No, I know Ian's usually, Ian's usually pretty chill. He'd probably just yeah. roll with it, but you never know. It's it could just be crabby day. Ian that day. Just be a bad day. It is April 1st. Probably just, like, tired of all the bullshit. <laughs> but, I mean, I've been offline most of the day, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, yeah. I was already tired of the bullshit. <laughs> it's a good idea. Uh, Oh, it's fucking so bad. yeah, I came in completely blind. Yep. Oh, that was fun. That's ah, oh, this is great. This is perhaps the greatest Bumblecast. Huzzah! <laughs> oh, good. Uh, thank I you am guys. I am You're welcome, man. I hope that it. I hope it made your day a little better, Ian. Because it. Oh, <laughs> by exponential levels, one cannot quantify. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> oh, there's gonna I mean, be one hell of hurt from laughing, but that's a good hurt. It's gonna be a great after credits. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs>